You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, it's time to hit it! everybody. Welcome. Dave's Corner Garage. And again, we have a great lineup for you this morning. Uh, joining us today will be Jeff Coy from Lant Insurance. These are the folks that if you've got a classic car or something special on the road, they're the guys that are going to insure it. And I understand their rates are really low. They're going to save you money. Yeah. You know, like I, I was amazed how, how inexpensive it actually is. Uh, Rob McLeish. Rob is with the uh, Cobble Beach Concours d'Elegance. Ooh, Elegance. Do you know what the Concours d'Elegance is? Is it a ball gown? Like, um... It could be. Okay. I have no... I, no, I do, though. But we'll talk to Rob later. Uh, Rob is up in uh, Port Perry? Or is it Port... Owen Sound. Owen Sound. Owen Sound. Somewhere up there near the fires. I hope the fires don't affect those guys. And uh, Terry O'Keefe is going to be calling in from Omvik. Terry's out of town, in case you want to go to his house. Uh, by the way... Uh, <laughs> <Guy>. <laughs> Where's your house, Dave? <laughs> Next to yours. Uh, we're going to be talking about EVs, electrical vehicles, the changes in the law of the current government, and the fact that you've got to get delivery at a certain date, plus some of the loopholes the dealers have to go through. And we're going to be talking about... Um, well, I'm not going to tell you everything. We'll talk about all that stuff soon. And uh, that's about it. We're going to have a great show. Your calls are definitely welcome because we've booked some time for you. And the lines are filling up, which I like. Uh, Alan, I guess that's all. Take us out. All right. Here we go. So this is Dave's Corner Garage. We've got a car care question. By all means, give us a call right now. And if you want to find out where the next great car show is going to be. Yeah, we can tell you. Tune in. For service in Scarborough, Scugog, St. Jacobs, and Stony Creek, leave your question for Dave and Alan at davescornergarage.com or use your smartphone and call into the show. To reach us on Zoomer Radio, call 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. It's a fact. The costs of driving a car are on the rise. Having your vehicle treated at Crown every year will put money back in your pocket. An annual treatment from Crown Rust Control helps your vehicle to look better, last longer, and maintain a higher resale value. Crown even helps reduce maintenance costs. How about that? With Crown, it's money saved, not money spent. For more information, visit crownwithak.com. Crown. Protect. Maintain. Save. If it's true that sale on all-season tires deliver a quiet and smooth ride and maximum tread life for around half the cost of the competitor's tire, then shouldn't everyone be switching to sale on all-season tires? You'd think so. Then again, not everyone is as smart as you. Take Salem with you through every turn. Find a dealer at salentires.ca and drive smart on sale on all-season tires. Notice anything different at lantinsurance.ca? 
We've rebranded to better encapsulate everything that has driven us for the past 40 years. We've also redesigned our website for content and function, so it's easier for you to navigate and find information. And have you met our new online quoting assistant, Mia? Yes, a lot has changed, but our mission remains the same. Providing specialized collector car insurance that's crafted for collector car enthusiasts like you. LantInsurance.ca. Driven by passion. The garage doors are wide open. My name is Dave Redinger, Alan Gelman, That's and of me. course, Jeff Coy is here from Lant Insurance. And that was your spot on the thing, and it was talking about insuring classic cars. So, right. Jeff, what's a classic car? Let's get that de- definition first. A uh, classic car is a car that is uh, typically 15 years old mm. <clears throat> or older. and uh, is One five, did you say? One five. Could well, be like my, a, I could do that. <laughs> I got a fifteen-year-old car as my daily driver. <laughs> well, uh, in addition to that, it has to be a, a limited production vehicle. Okay. And uh, low mileage, and something that's uh, used just as as a toy. You know, is, is there a, a list somewhere somebody can go? Yeah, on our website at uh, lantinsurance.ca. Yeah. You can go in there and list the definitions of classic cars, what the usage is. It's basically just used as you know anything but your daily driver. So okay. not your, not your commuter to work, but uh, you know something you want to just take out after work, go visit friends, go for an ice cream, you know, tour around, do a little bit of shopping, that's fine. And the prices are really like like ridiculously low. Yeah, considering what you what you example, you know, an average uh, vehicle is over twenty five years old, valued at twenty five thousand dollars stock. Uh, would cost you about three hundred dollars a year. Wow! Wow, that's pretty inexpensive. Yeah, really is. Yeah. So here's a question: You got a car which is worth like mega bucks. Yeah. Uh, let's say it's worth over a hundred thousand dollars, which some of these you know Chevy convertibles and that sort of stuff yeah. is. Uh, how do you get? What do you? How do you adjust that? Do you get an agreed price? Yeah, it's based on the market value, which is uh, a value that we research through uh, a number of uh, resources we have to look up the values of what the average. Uh, Market prices for that yeah. vehicle in North America. Interesting. And then you get that's what your agreed prices. That's what we agree. So yeah. if he writes it off, I'm sorry. Here's your check for two hundred and fifty million dollars, and leave us alone. Right. Right. <laughs> it's, it's actually we have what's called guaranteed value coverage, which is very unique. There's no other insurance uh, provider offering that kind of. Coverage, I don't think it's so. anybody other than you doing this sort of stuff. Well, we're definitely the ones that have been doing it for forty years. Yeah. So we're we're, uh, we're definitely the ones that have been doing it a long time, and uh, that's our specialty. You know, I, I see used cars come through or old cars, and, and, and a lot of times people really think that they're worth a ton of money. How often do you come up against someone who's saying, where did you come up with your number because I think it's worth that much more? Yeah, the, where we come up with that the most is uh, vehicles that have been customized or modified. Right. So they put hundreds of thousands of dollars into mm-hmm, the vehicle mm-hmm. and feel that that's what it's worth. Where right. Actually, it's not. It's it's whatever the market, uh, you know, is going to going to value at that today what you what you go out and buy something similar for right some so, of those are, are trickier but yeah a lot of times somebody you know especially because of the internet a lot of times people just google sure. their car and they go i've seen one where a guy got one hundred fifty thousand dollars for it um without realizing what goes into that and and, and why that specific one because it, it does come down to so many different things it's you know not just the year make and model no you know there's other limitations or other parameters that that you're looking at like you said you know, it, it's got to have, uh, you know, matching numbers, for example. Providence. It couldn't have been in an accident. Yeah. Um, it, and it may have been a limited production where that right. specific model, maybe yeah. they only made 500 that 
that year, and, and now there's only 200 left. So do you have independent adjusters or uh, appraisers that people can go to for a, an unbiased sort of opinion? We do. If we get in that situation where we're too far out on the value, then we'd suggest they get an appraisal done. And mm-hmm. yeah, we have appraisers that have been working for us literally for all, our 40 years that uh, we can refer them to. So I've got a 53 Kaiser J. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. worth 12 bucks, <laughs> and you're going to insure it. Okay. Yeah. You also have a big social network going on. You have some car shows going on. You've got cars and coffee. Yeah. You want to talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah. This weekend, uh, we're at uh, Bothwell, which is just uh, about half an hour uh, east of Chatham. And it's a big flea market and car show out there. So if you're in that area, stop by and say hello. And then uh, at our office in Stovall, we have cars and coffee tomorrow morning for free coffee and donuts. Pop by between 8 and 11. Just cruise in, have coffee, donut. Say hi and uh, be on your way. What's the address? 37 Sandiford Drive in Stouffville. Just near train right station. On, right on Stouffville Road. Yeah. Well, you know what? If you go to your site, uh, lant.ca, yeah. uh, you've got a, 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 a site there which tells you what's going on in the area. Yeah, our event page. Yeah, yeah. our event page, right? And it's right on top. There yep. it is. Right? So Cars and Coffee is one. There was about five or six different events in Ontario this weekend. There, Yeah, every weekend right now until right through to till Thanksgiving pretty much. As a matter of fact, Dave has a heightened sense of smell. So if you just start driving down Stovall Road and roll your window and down, get the Dave smell. could find the donuts. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and I bet you there's a lot of cops there too. Yeah. <laughs> there is actually the cop station right behind our, our office. Yeah, sure, because of donuts. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to go to the phones, and we're going to, we have got quite a few questions for you coming up. So, Dave's Corner Garage, and uh, Alan, take us out. Uh, okay, uh, we're going to take a commercial break right now, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be right back after these messages. <laughs> Bothwell, that's got to be near the border. <laughs> Shout out to the Hot Rod in Richmond Hill and the van down by the Don River. You can post your question or comment anytime at davescornergarage.com. All righty. Welcome back. We're going to go directly to the phones, and we have Lee from Mississauga with a CRV question. Alan, this is for you. All right. Lee, how are you? Oh, pretty mild, pretty mild. Okay. What's going on with your vehicle? It's, it's, it's a 2000 CRV, and I've been driving it maybe twice a week for any, twice a day for any given month. It's been parked in my garage. I just listen to music and uh, sports. Anyhow, I get to the point is the fact that it's been turning over now. I drove it yesterday, and it's been turning over, but it won't come in. So my friends who are ignorant of me regarding uh, electrics, I mean car maintenance, we decided that it's not battery problem. It's more like something else beyond our knowledge. Mm-hmm. What you think could be 2000 model CRV? Well, so you turn the key and it goes rrr, 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 but it doesn't fire, correct? Right. Okay, well, it could be a few. First of all, you know, you need a number of things for the engine to start. You need fuel, you need spark, and all those things have to happen at the right time. Um, so it, it could be, for example, that you've got a bad ignition coil on that. Um, they, the older ones did have some problems with coils and distributor caps. And then the, um, you know, it may be just fuel. Um, what does your gas gauge say? Is there gas in the car? Yes. Oh, yeah, it's full. Okay. Um, what to do is turn the key, and, and before you crank it, you should hear a hum, okay? It'll only last for about three or four seconds. That'll be the fuel t- pump in the tank. If you hear that running, then the fuel pump is good. Um, Dave's holding his finger up. I think he's got a better answer. Yeah, no, I just got another, another point. You also have to have compression, and it could be that maybe the timing belt broke or something. 
So I think the first thing you're going to have to do is pull out a spark plug, and that'll give you the ability to do two things. One, see if you have compression. In other words, the piston's going up and down. And secondly, if you hold that spark plug in the connector and to ground if you have spark. So that allows you to check two things. Third and, thing and if being, you have a friend that you don't like, just have him hold on to one of those spark plug wires. Yes. And you'll his and then hair you just give it a crank, up. and then there you yeah. go. <laughs> right? And I, it's, I'm an electrician, but I'm not a mechanic. <laughs> okay. But the reality is uh, it could be many, th- many, many things, and no start is not a simple solution of, yeah. of just doing, you know, this, that, and the other, and it's going to go. <laughs> so but certainly don't start just changing parts haphazardly because it's going to cost you a lot of money, and maybe you don't know. And wear shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so the best thing here to do is actually I would tow it into a local shop and let them go at it. It probably is going to be cheaper for you. Uh, there's so many things to, to be checked before you even attend this. I have a mechanic with a good background, but he's very busy. Uh, he even promised me to come and do certain things yeah. to it because I want the, the um, the oh dear me, air condition to work, but it's not working in the sense that he said it may need some fuel in the air condition. Well, remember, this is an 18-year-old car. Uh, it's near the end of life. I mean, this is an end-of-life car. So you've got to be also cautious of how much money you're spending on it you know, when you can just replace it. Yeah. So that's another issue that you may have. All righty. Listen, the best advice I can give you is take it into a shop and, and have them give you advice of what it is and to make your decision. So okay. you, your, your cost is going to be a tow truck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right, Lee. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Have okay. a great weekend. Hey, Alan, you drive one of those, don't you? I do, but it's important, you know. I mean, I, I've got a classic car in my shop right now, as a matter of fact, um, a 63 T-Bird. Um, but, Bull- you know, bullet nose. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, and um, Although I couldn't get, couldn't figure out how to check the year on those. Do you have any idea? The air? No, the, what year? How do I get the, because the serial number is not the same, of course. Yeah, so it's a bullet nose. It'll be uh, three, four, or five. Okay, that's that's pretty specific, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but important, you Might know. Be six, I'm not be, sure. Before you, you know, like like Lee was talking, he's got a an 18 year old car, or if you're buying a classic, important that you get a full audit, you get the whole car inspected before you make any rash decisions. If you're getting a classic car, though, say you're getting like a 1950 ish, okay, all right, Packard or whatever the vehicle would be, right? How when did VIN numbers start coming into play? Like, would you be able to get a VIN on a really old, like a classic car, Jeff? With the MTO, no. No? No. They, their record's only back to 81. Is that right? Yeah. Interesting. So, I licensed once the 29 Chevy when I was a kid, and all I had to do was I showed them the check that I paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> and I got a set of plates. Well, cars <laughs> always had a serial number of some sort. Yeah, and its serial number does identify certain vehicles. Um, yeah. But, but as far as the yeah, main database, there's nothing... That's right. That's why those early Chevys that we know, like the 69s and that, they could put all kinds of different engines in it, and it's okay because nobody can verify what it came with. Right. It's true. Uh, I got an email the other day from a listener, mm-hmm. and the question was, do you know why it's not possible for car manufacturers to use their technical knowledge to be able to install a warning system in the back seat to warn people whenever a baby's left in a parked car? All right, that's one of these issues in the summer, especially where they're leaving kids in there, and these I had to sad to say some of them are dying. Well, but but some manufacturers have come up with that. Have they? Absolutely. You know, they just put a sensor in the seat. Yeah, okay? yeah. And uh, so the computer knows that if someone is sitting on the seat, or it could be just you know a box of case of beer sitting on the seat. But at the same time, if it sees that impression in the back, 
it's going to come up on the dash and say, "Did you please make sure to check everything before you leave?" Um, so they are doing it. Hyundai also have a new thing coming up for the 2019s, uh-huh. where if you're in the back seat, whether it's a kid or an adult, uh, and you're opening up the door, the mirror will sense if somebody's coming by like in a bicycle, because mm-hmm. that never happens in Toronto, right? and uh, it will lock the door so you can't open it up anymore. That's cool. Yeah, wow. it's a great idea. That's cool, because so many bicyclists... We could put get... Dave in the back seat sometimes, it'd be safe. Well, so many bicyclists do, they, I think they call it getting doored. Is that the name of yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, speaking of which, the Toronto version of the wheel section, I mean, where are we going to hell in the handbasket here? Well, they're the wheels. They're wheels. It's, it's, so it's, it's got page. two wheels rather than four okay, wheels. Okay, first off, the wheels is getting kind of skinny, but the other part of this is this is a section for something with gasoline and a license plate, and they're advertising Bike City. Mm-hmm. I mean, where are we going with this? This is not a bike rag. This is a car rag or a motorcycle rag. Or well, a they're or appealing to motorists to perhaps leave your vehicle at home if uh, you, don't, you don't live far from work. You're in the weather's nice, you could drive your bike. You drag your toolbox on your bike? <laughs> no, but I leave it at work. <laughs> I just bring my lunch, that's all. So it's outrageous. So I'm, in, I'm protesting that this should never happen. This is a rag only for cars. <laughs> or motorcycles or yeah, snowmobiles. You can call your friend Norris and ask him, how come? <laughs> I, kind of, I am. Next time we have lunch, I'm, <laughs> I'm saving this paper. So bottom line is keep the bicycles out of the wheels section. It's, it's not right. How Anyways, come you're so anti-bicycle? You know why? Because they don't follow any rules. Bicycles, yeah. I go on the subway. I go downtown by subway. Right. There's, there's a guy in a bicycle in the subway scooting along trying to get into one of the doors of the train. Really? And they're allowed to He's take He's riding the bike? Wow. And they ride up and down the stairs. They go backwards on a one-way street. They don't stop at the red lights. They don't Whoa, stop at the intersection. He's on a rant here. They really, yeah, yeah, yeah. The bottom line is they piss me off. If they just follow the rules or get licensed and have some insurance, right? All those guys on electric bicycles are all DWIs. The guys that lost their license, get them on a bike. Yeah, you know what? I see those guys, and they're crazy because... <laughs> Uh, police don't stop them. Are you allowed no. to? Uh, you, are you allowed to drive those without a helmet? Because I see people without yeah. helmets. It's got pedals. You don't need a helmet if you're over eighteen. That's crazy. Some so, of the interesting uh, courier companies that use uh, bikes, right? The drivers mm-hmm. or Uber Eats. Uh-huh. I mean, I don't know how these guys don't get wiped out, but well, they're like really it. magical to get in between lanes and cars and go. Okay, is that a burger for me? We'll take it. Lane you know, splitting. They allow that. Well, on motorcycles they do. Now, yeah. Uh huh. But you know, I was going to say the lot before we the we have to take a break is. If you would license a bicycle yeah. and they would have identification, I think a lot of this stuff would just go away. Car car uh, questions. We're going to take yours for the rest of the hour. And yeah. also, if you want to find out more about summer events coming up with classic cars, go to lant.ca and also daveskornergarage.com and you'll be able to see what's going on and listen to the show online at daveskornergarage.com. We'll be right back with Jeff Coy from Lant Insurance. I thought Steve was going to bring us back, but he didn't. <laughs> Dave, the guy on line three, his, his pants are caught in his bicycle chain, and he doesn't know what to do. I think this is, you'd be perfect for this question. <laughs> All righty, let's go to line one, and we're going to talk to Norm. And Norm has got a, an 87 Mercedes 560 SL. That's a nice car. I like yeah. this. Is, Norm, is that yeah, the one with know. the pagoda roof, or is that just a... Um... It's a convertible. 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 Nice, All right, nice cool. car, yeah. What's wrong with it? Well, <laughs> I had it at the golf course the other day, and it seemed to rain out there, and I forgot about the top being down. And uh, one of my windows will not, the power window will not work. And I'm just wondering if I can get at it somehow or 
how I go about that. Question: Does the master switch is it in the driver's armrest? I uh, yeah, it's in the console. In the console, yeah. I'm I'm wondering if you just got some water in there by chance. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that's what's happened. So what to do but, is figure out how to take the switch out, okay? Oh, okay? And if you're lucky, it's maybe screwed together, and perhaps you can clean it out. Um, compressed get air. it working again. Yeah, shoot some compressed air in there. You could try that. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. the, I'm not sure how to get at it, but uh, I'll have to read well, up on it. I usually, guess. the top of the console will come off. Okay. All right, because okay. the switch comes up from underneath. I have a crossfire that was restoring, and it's a it's a SLK chassis. Mm-hmm. So the, the switch pushes up from underneath, and it's okay. quite a flimsy switch. So I mean, it's okay. not very expensive. You have to replace it. But what okay, you would do good. is. First off, I would check the fuses, make sure they're all okay, because it could be that the windows are are, are fused individually. Fused. Yeah, yeah, could be. Yeah, Pus- oh, okay. Specifically because okay. well, it's German. Well, uh, again, it's good that maybe I can get at it uh, easier than being in the door or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, well, when you when you push the push on the switch, though, put your ear to the door, see if you hear any sound at all. Yeah, I tried that. I don't hear anything at this time, but. Uh, well, that's good. I, I I'll get at that. I appreciate it. No, okay. No lots of luck. Okay. The other thing he could try would be a wackometer. You know, you just uh, what you do is you push the button. A, a thumper? Exactly. You <laughs> p- press the button and you give it a whack in and in the right in the door panel. Does seem to work. And sometimes they work, you know, because what happens especially on back doors, we see it a lot. We're the, because people don't use the windows that often, the brushes will stick in the motor and then they they're not making a good contact and if you just do that and you give it a whack and it starts to work, <laughs> you're a winner. That's right. And Give it a whack, you can win. Up and down four, five, six times. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whack-a-mole. <laughs> You're good to go. All right, uh, how to sell an old car. Let's talk to Barbara from Burlington. Morning, how are you? Good morning, how are you? Good, ma'am. That's good. Yeah, I just wondered uh, what I could do to... I'm still driving it, but I'm, uh, I'd am i like to get rid of it. I'd, uh, it's it, it runs very well. What it, kind it of car is it, Barb? Paint job. Pardon? What kind of car is it? It's a 1990 Tempo. A 1990? 1990? Tempo. Tempo, yeah. okay. So I was just, uh, I just wanted to know what, what, how would I get anybody okay. to be interested in, in uh, buying it? Do you want to jump in on this, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, you could uh, donate it, I guess, right? You can donate it for sure, yeah. Right. You can, you can look into, you know, uh, trader.ca. Um, they have a section for older cars. Here's your problem. I, what are you asking for this car? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I know it's. Uh, I had one person um, offer me eight thousand for it. Wow! Uh, I would have grabbed them and kissed them on both. Yeah, cheeks. but that was twenty years ago. <laughs> no, no, that was just a short time ago. But, Find them. Uh, I'm still driving it, so I just maybe he was interested in it because there's not many of them on the road. I drive around the neighborhood to see if you can find the guy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Really? <laughs> yeah, because I, I'd be, I, I wouldn't bet that you get eight hundred dollars for that car. Seriously. Yeah. 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 So eight thousand sounds pretty amazing. And, well, maybe he well, wanted to, you know, get to know you better. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Dave's Corner so, Garage so, dating so service. Here. I couldn't believe it, and I thought, well, maybe he's into fixing up antique cars or something. And um, uh, my car does need a paint job, though. I must say that. But um, other than that, she runs pretty good, and she's nice and clean inside. And find know. the guy, find this guy. You gotta find out who he came from. Put her for sale sign in the back window. Drive around. Yeah, yeah. Are you? Where are you in Burlington? 
Yes, in Burlington. Okay, yeah. so there's not that many of those temples around there. So somewhere somebody will find you. I mean, that that is phenomenal money because to me that car has no value at all. I hate to tell you this. So I would oh, have okay. taken that car and donated it to a kidney car or something like that where it would do some good and you get a tax receipt for it. So if oh, this yeah. guy offered you $8,000, maybe that was just to come on to get to know you. Well, maybe that's what it was. I don't know anything about pricing cars, so I was like, oh, my God, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that car only cost eight grand when it was new. Probably. Oh, so he was he's offering me the uh, regular price. He's <laughs> just making her feel better and better every time. <laughs> well, think about it. It's 1990, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, lots of luck. I would put the sign in the window, as Jeff said. Yes. And, uh, you know, park it on the main street. Oh, yeah. oh, hang on. I got one more question. Are you going to buy another car? Yes, I'm interested in buying another car. Well, then, you know, the other way of getting rid of this car is trading, uh, it, trading in. it in, get, get, getting them to give you a minimum amount of money and, and getting rid of it that way. Because selling a car right away nowadays is a little bit hard because you're dealing with a lot of what's called curbsiders. These are guys that are unregistered dealers selling cars. So you're competing against that. Um, you're competing against all these other people that are driving a car. And it's like a house. you got to keep it perfectly clean. you got to be on call. And you've got strangers coming to the house. Best thing is, is trade it in, get rid of it, and move on. Yeah. Well, that's it. Thank you for the great advice. All great. right. You're very welcome. Take care. Okay, uh, Toyota is doing a real campaign to try and finish off their Tecata airbag uh, recall. recall. Yeah. yeah, it seems like people haven't been responding. And it's this, this exploding airbag has killed 23 people to date. Wow. Uh-huh. Right? It usually happens in moist weather. It happens like Florida, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I have it down there. I have a Mustang down there. I've been to the dealer three times, no stock. So, uh, and I'm primed because that car is going to blow the airbag one of these days. That's terrible. All right. So, if you're driving a Toyota, uh, we can touch with your dealer because you may be under this recall and it's not something you want to fool around with. Okay. Exactly. And take us out. Coming up next, we're going to be talking to a gentleman up in uh, Cobble Beach with a great event that's coming up uh, in the middle of September. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Dave's Corner Garage with a lot of things going on this summer and heading into the... <gasps> Do we mention it? Fall? Oh, I saw a leaf the other day. <laughs> Daryl Sittler was in town. Okay. Back to Dave. Here you go. Hey, and this morning we have Rob McLeese is on the phone. Rob is with uh, the Cobble Beach Concours d'Elegance. Rob, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dave. How are you? Great. Oh, good, thanks. Big event coming up in September, what, the 15th, 16th? The 16th is the Concours, 15th is Cars and Coffee and Seminars and Classic Car Ride and Drives. Wow. What do you do at the seminars? At the seminars this year, we have two of them. One is How to Sink or Swim at Classic Car Auctions, presented (laughs) by Haggerty. Okay. And the other one is the Evolution of Automotive Design at General Motors in Canada. And we have the, the head designer for the Cadillac, the current version of the Cadillac. He produced the Evoque, mm-hmm. the XLR. And he got Cadillac back into racing. He's a very interesting guy from Michigan, so we're lucky to have him. Very interesting. I didn't know that goes on there. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's fun. It's no charge on Saturday. And you were collecting money for uh, the Sunnybrook Foundation and the Owen Sound Regional Hospital, which is actually a, a great thing to do. Exactly. We've raised over 360000 in the first five years. Amazing. Uh-huh. How big a crowd do you get for something like this? Uh, we la- on the Saturday it's around a thousand. On the Sunday last year we were at seventy five hundred. Now this isn't a show oh. that uh, 
our last caller could bring her tempo to, correct? No, uh, no not really. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, go ahead, Jeff. <laughs> no, but these are all special cars. I mean, explain to people, what, what's the Concours d'Elegance? Yeah, the, a Concours d'Elegance is different than a car show or show and shine. It's similar to what we do at Art in the Automobile at the Canadian International Auto Show mm-hmm. in February. So these are what special is, vehicles. What, they are really special. They're elegant and they're rarely seen. That's the point. Mm-hmm. And people really... People are, are quite rude sometimes. They say, well, these are all trailer queens. Yeah, but would you put your Picasso in your briefcase? Because these are pieces of art. Mm-hmm. They do get driven, but they're very special pieces that we're trying to preserve and people are trying to preserve for the future generations. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Uh, Jeff had a couple of questions. Yeah, Rob, just maybe uh, just for educating the public, as um, some interest uh, for the cars themselves is, Many of these cars, uh, we have a lot of clients that show cars up there, and there's a there's a huge story behind each car, and the owners are more than happy to uh, tell you yeah. the whole history of the car. And uh, some of them are quite fascinating, you know, what they were designed for, what the, who who owned them, what they were used for. It's uh, it's pretty exciting. Well, that's exactly right, and that's I mean, you start with the cars and the art part of it, and as you say, Jeff, it's the stories behind them. For example, we have a 1938 Delahaye. Mm-hmm. which was a French, wonderfully Art Deco car built in that year. Yeah. And this car was the star of the 1938 Paris Auto Show. It was bought by a, a Paris industrialist, driven for three months. He realized the Germans were coming into, into France, so he built it into his house, put four walls around it and a ceiling with no doors or windows, and it stayed there for 27 years. Then the family pulled it out in 1965, and this car is coming to the Concours. It's a very special car. Has it been restored, or is it? Uh, oh, it's fully, it's, no, it's fully restored. It's a yeah. spectacular car. It's won two Concours this year already. Amazing. Wow. So there's no miles on that car, then, eh? Uh, you know what? It has been driven over the years. My guess is it's probably in the 30,000 kilometer range. Okay, so that's still not a lot. Right. I've heard stories where where they buried them in the driveway. And, and put flowers. There was a RM did a hork, I think it was called. A what? Hork. A hork. Am I right, uh, Bob? Yeah, Go ahead. Yeah, Tell me know, I'm that's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. That is the right pronunciation, too. So they, they had buried this car in the driveway, put a flower bed over it because of the Germans coming into the country. Yep. Yeah. And, and that's the kind of thing that happened quite frequently so that the cars, and they did that with Bugattis a lot, too, because they're such high end cars and they didn't want them to be ravaged. Fascinating stuff. So it's September the 15th and 16th. The 16th uh, is, the, is the paying day. Yes. It's $35 a ticket. Uh, if you buy it today, it's 45 after September 1st plus HST. But some of the classes you're going to see, some of the cars. We have this year a Volkswagen class, which hasn't been done very often at Calicourt, which mm-hmm. is going to be really special with a 21-window bus. Right. These are all restored. They're spectacular. What? person doesn't have a Volkswagen or a bug story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's your website that people can go on and take a look it's, at it? It's cobblebeachconcours, C-O-N-C-O-U-R-S dot com. So Cobble Beach, so our stones are bigger than pebbles, cobblebeachconcours dot com. Right off the shores of Georgian Bay. It's gorgeous up there. Exactly. And, and, next, and next year, a whole lot of freaks can pile into those Volkswagen pa- ba- buses. Hippies, yippies, and Jesus freaks. What are you smoking? <laughs> what are you rolling? We got it. <laughs> hey, we're cool, man. Thanks Smoke for your call, if you right? got him, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great show. Have a lot of fun. Thanks, Thanks Bob. All Thank right, you bye so bye. much. Bye-bye. I met Bob actually at the auto show, and then we discussed getting him on air. Uh-huh. And uh, fascinating stuff. Looking at flower beds is never going to be the same again. Oh, exactly right. Coming up next, we've got some interesting stories breaking with uh, 
I'm Vic from yes. Terry O'Keefe, and we'll be talking to him right after this. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Stay with us. Sporting a relatively new Walmart shirt, this is Dave's Corner Garage, and here's Dave Rediger. Nothing wrong with a $3 shirt. I didn't say it was I don't wrong. Even wash sporting it. a new one. It's nice. <laughs> is that a George? <laughs> yeah. No, I don't want to do so. I don't think you'd fit into a George. <laughs> Fashioned hey, uh, by George. Uh, Terry uh, uh, O'Keefe's with us on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> Terry's with Omvik, and uh, we're going to be talking about electric vehicle programs. Big article in the Post on last Saturday, on Friday. Terry, how are you? Yeah, hi. Good morning, guys. We were just trying to get the word out to consumers that if they're if they're thinking about buying an electric vehicle in the next five weeks or so, that they really should take some some steps to protect themselves. If they in, if they want to get that incentive from the government, and that's part of the deal, they need to take steps to ensure they get it. Now, this is really interesting. The dealer has to do stuff, and the consumer has to do stuff. That's right. So when the government announced they were going to wind down the program, they set September 10th as the uh, as the deadline. So in order for the vehicle uh, and, and, of course, the consumer to get that incentive, and some of these incentives are up to $14,000. Yeah. Uh, and so that can be a deal breaker. If you're not going to get it, you probably might not want that car. So the car has to be plated, registered, and delivered by September 10th. So if the dealer had it in inventory, that shouldn't be too big of a problem. If it was incoming in the next few weeks, it could be delivered by that deadline. But there's another caveat that uh, a lot of consumers don't know about. On July 11th, the Ministry of Transportation sent a, a, an email to all, uh, all the dealers saying that you have to report to us by July 16th all your EVs that are in stock or incoming. And if they're not on that list that the dealer provided to the uh, ministry by July 16th, they don't qualify for the incentive. So if the dealer didn't register it but still sells it, the consumer's out. That's right. So it's not just the September 10th deadline for delivery of the vehicle. It had to be, I'll, I'll use the term pre-registered, if you will, with the ministry by July 16th. So what we're telling consumers is if getting that incentive is, is, is you know, if the deal's contingent on getting it, then make your contract conditional. Have the dealer write on the contract that the, the sale of this vehicle is conditional on the consumer receiving that rebate. You know, in your experience, do you think that they're going to bring the price of, of these electric vehicles down after September the 10th, you know, to keep moving them? Because according to what I, my research, they really don't sell an awful lot of them, and there's really not a lot of incentive to sell them other than, you know, the government paying you to buy it. So can you see a price drop in, in September the 11th? I can only tell you what dealers are telling us, Dave, and what they're saying is without the incentives, uh, the market is going to be even smaller. And it's small now, but it's going to be much smaller. And what the dealers have told us is they'll probably sell these vehicles to uh, dealers in other provinces where they may still have a program mm. and where there may still be a market for them. So it pays them to ship it out and, and just get rid of them, don't, don't even get involved. Yeah, because, I mean, let's, let's, I mean, you know, for me, certainly, if, if, if get a, buying a new vehicle, $14,000 incentive, that's huge. Yeah, And it could easily be the difference maker between me buying that car and not buying that car. Uh, so I, you know, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect that the market will be smaller uh, when, the, when the incentives are gone. And uh, so that's what the dealers are telling us, is that they'll probably just uh, wholesale these vehicles to dealers in other provinces uh, where there's still a market for them. Yeah. Terry, is there some way that 
you know, who would they call if, if they wanted to know for sure if they're going to see that money or not? The Ministry of Transportation. Okay. You know, we we put this warning out to consumers saying, you know, make your contracts conditional. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we did that because we had had a, an inquiry from a consumer who had just purchased an electric vehicle, and there was a clause on the contract that said subject to price increase, and they didn't know what that meant. You know, did that mean if, they, if, the, if the incentive didn't come that the consumer's going to be responsible for it? So we, we sent out some information to dealers saying, make sure your contracts are clear, uh, and, and you can't use vague language like that. But we also wanted to make sure consumers knew, you know, make protect yourself, make that contract conditional, put that clause on the bill of sale. If the dealer doesn't want to include the clause on the bill of sale, and there's, legally they don't have to, well, the consumer has to ask themselves, do I want to deal with this dealer now? Um, but the program itself is absolutely MTO. Uh, the, we took this step just to try to warn consumers when they're actually going through that buying process. So is that who actually issued the checks for the rebate? Was the MTO? That's correct. Wow. Okay. They haven't the been issuing checks. The dealers are owed millions of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and and in, in Dave's correct, in many instances, the dealers have said, we will apply, they'll give the consumer the credit for the rebate, and they will apply for the rebate and have it directed to them. Yeah. There's nothing, nothing wrong with doing that. That's probably actually a good thing to do right now with the, some of the uncertainty. Uh, but do keep in mind, it's not just the September 10th. The dealer had to have provided the ministry with the list of inventory that includes whatever one the consumer's buying. And that that had to be done by July 16th. You know, just before we run away, uh, so you, you bought a car under that condition. You take the serial number, call the MTO to see if you qualify for the rebate. And if not, walk. Well, you just understand that if, if if it's not if the dealer didn't pre-register that vehicle by July 16th, it will not qualify. Ah, so the, the ministry F- has been clear; yeah. it won't qualify. Uh, so the dealer should be able to tell you whether or not it was done. Perfect, Terry. Thank you. More information at omvic.on.ca, right? Perfect. Got it right. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. This is Dave's Corner Garage, and we need to still take your calls. Welcome back. This is Dave's Corner Garage. Some more information about what really constitutes a specific car. Dave, over to you. Okay. Uh, you know, there's, there's people restoring these expensive machines. Uh, there's even fake Ferrari 250s out there. How much of a car do you start with to make it a car? Like, you know, people buy an engine or a chassis and then build a car on it. Yeah. Uh, well, for us uh, to insure it, we have it has to have an Ontario ownership. Mm. So to get an ownership, uh, you have to have a serial number for that car. And what people have done in the past is just taking the number off the chassis or the frame and taking that to the MTO and saying, this is this is what I have, this is what it is, and they'll, hopefully they'll register it as that. Now, in the 60s, a lot of GMs and Fords and that just had, had you know, numbers, which was a stock number as, as a serial number. Really? Versus what was the options packages in that car. So I come to you with a 396 Chevelle worth a ton of money, but it started life as a six-cylinder Weezer. So... How do you recognize that? Because it's a clone. Well, we just have to go by what the ownership is, is telling us. Ah, okay. So, so agreed value and yep. all that stuff? Yeah. Okay. And you'll get a big contest going on. We do. It's uh, be wrapping up in another seven weeks. It's uh, a grand prize. Uh, we've had sweepstakes going on since uh, April, and uh, the grand prize is a trip for two uh, to Bear Jackson auction in Scottsdale, Arizona in January. Mm. $1,000 spending money and auction tickets. And uh, you can go to our website for more details on that. We also have a uh, monthly draw for, uh, I think this month it's uh, Fitbit. 
Perfect. You know what? I've been to the Barrett Jackson auction several times. It's quite an event. It's it it's is. thousands of cars, uh, and and they're all absolutely gorgeous. Even the ones where they sell on Tuesday. Yes. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, it's, it's the Super Bowl of uh, auctions. <laughs> unbelievable. Sure. Unbelievable. Yeah. And I'm looking forward. I want to thank um, uh, Rob for Cobble Beach. I'm going to be – I always send Steve because it's a golf course. Steve wants to play golf. So we'll do that. And uh, big thanks to uh, Terry O'Keefe. Mm-hmm. Alan, anything you want to say? Do you, uh, do you own a trailer queen? I have a Ferrari, yeah. Now, do you drive it? I yep. drive it. I drive it. I drive it. So it, it always starts? The batteries die over a year. <laughs> no, well, you don't let yeah, it sit a whole starts. year, do you? No. Yeah, most I'll drive it once in the summer a couple of times. And, uh, well, you know you got to disconnect the battery. Even though the battery's disconnected, they just sulfate. And is it a fence, uh, any special battery in that car? Yeah, 300 bucks. 300 bucks. That's a fancy battery. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing with that type of car, if you're driving it, people don't leave you alone. Uh-huh. Like, you know, people are touching it and people are looking at it and you park it somewhere. People are bothering you. It's it's not as, as you know, you're driving something for yourself, but when you park it downtown, somebody backs into it or hurts it or something. Oh, I actually I just yeah. caught that commercial on TV the other day. I thought it was so funny where, where Buddy purposely parks his car at the other end oh, of the yeah. mall. Yeah. yeah. And, and then some, <laughs> somebody finds it and backs right into it. I thought that was hysterical. So, like I say, it's a responsibility. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is that I'm not the last owner of that car. That car will survive me. So I'm just a caretaker of that car. The next guy is going to be the, the caretaker of that car. Am I on the list? Uh, actually, my son put a sticker on it. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can be easily removed, though. You know that. <laughs> now, what would that car be worth, for example? It depends on the market. There's actually uh, um, a list. It's called a, a, a Ferrari list. Mm-hmm. So if times are good, Ferraris are expensive. Right. If times are bad, Ferraris are, are cheap. But how much, when you say that, how much do they drop in price? It could, could, could move 50000 either way. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So what happens is they look at those the prices of Ferraris, and that'll tell you how good the economy is. If there's another list like that for Porsche, mm-hmm. and some of these stock market guys use some of that information really? to figure out if the stocks are going to go up and down. I would think that we should go to uh, our friends at Lease Busters then if I'm going to get a car like that. Well, it's yeah. cheaper than going to Saudi Arabia. Yeah. Yeah, you, they scrap them down there. That could be tough to do. You know, down there, they, some of those cars get scrapped because these cars are, uh, the guys leave them and just walk away. Well, what happens in London? Apparently, a lot of these, uh, you know, rich oil sheiks will send their teenage kids to, uh, you know, to London and, uh, you know, to go to university or whatever. And, and then they end up getting all kinds of tickets. That's and right. it, it costs too much money to get the car out of Hawk and pay the tickets. Right. So they leave them at the airport. Interesting stuff. Yeah. They leave them at the airport. Yep. And Just, they're done. And they then the, the city com- confiscates them, and then they get and, and auctioned off. Auction offer is crushed. Jeff, when is the, when's the auction for Barry Jackson? Uh, it's exact date. It's mid-January. Mid-January. Yeah. So the trip down there, how did, how did they get on? What's your website again? Landinsurance.ca. Okay. Landinsurance.ca. Get in there. Get a chance to win this trip down to uh, Arizona for the Barrett-Jackson thing. It really is a Super Bowl of classic cars. It is. It's, it's amazing. something else. Yeah. And also on his site, landinsurance.ca, there's an event, event page. page. Yep. You can you want something to do for the weekend, just go on there. Today there's like five or six major events going on, easy to find, and they're all within a couple of Get miles. in your car, go for a drive, go up to Schaumburg, get a nice big ice cream cone. They still sell ice cream? Oh, it's great. Kawartha <laughs> Dairy? Can't beat it. And if you're in Burlington, you can find a $9,000 tempo. It's yeah, true. A, it's a deal. It really is. It's a steal of a deal. <laughs> Sebastian, thank you for running the show. Uh, Steve, thanks so much. And uh, Jeff Coy, thank you very much. 
And Alan, uh, who matters? Okay. Hey, I'm, a, I'm an important guy. I'm a contributor to the show, and I'm a mechanic uh, during my during the rest of the days of the week. The real mechanic. There you go. Keep the shiny side up, the greasy side down, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, everyone. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.